Happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mums out there. And I just pray great blessing over you. And I want to say to every one of you, much, much respect. And if today is a tough day for you, for whatever reason, and there are so many, I just pray the peace of God that passes all understanding will rule and reign in your heart today. I know that our God is a good God and He has got good plans for your life. And I speak it over you in Jesus' name. Today, I want to speak about something that is really very, very important to my heart. And I pray that it is a message that not only speaks to the women in our world, but speaks to everybody in our world. You know, in our sisters' life groups that we have here at Hope You See, we've been talking about extraordinary women. And we've been talking about 12 women in particular who actually, when they looked at themselves, all that they could see was what they didn't have and who they weren't and their brokenness and all the reasons why God couldn't use them. Yet we've been looking at the Word and seeing how God actually called them His beloved and how through restoration and redemption, God used each of their lives in extraordinary ways. And that's why we've been talking about extraordinary women. And it's been such an incredible, incredible journey. But you know, one thing that's like a thread that comes through these stories, I found this word often in the word, and it's the word friendship. And it got me thinking a lot about how important it is for each one of us to have really good friends in our world. I was telling one of the group of women recently at our church, I'd read something that said, a friend is one who bails you out of jail. A best friend is the one who's in the cell next to you. And I really, really like that picture of a friend who's not a fair weather friend, but someone who is sticking with you all the way. There's a couple of quotes here by people who I much respect. John Newton said, I think to a feeling mind, there is no temporal pleasure equal to the pleasure of friendship. C.S. Lewis said, friendship is the greatest of worldly goods. Certainly to me, it is the chief happiness of life. You know, we were never intended to go through life alone. Everyone has a need for close relationships. God created each one of us as spiritual, social, emotional beings. And if you look at the Gospels and you watch the life of Jesus, even He had close friends. And it reminds us of God's intention around relationship. He he designed friendship to be caring, loving, supportive, encouraging, honest, (laughs) and on mission. And to have these type of friendships in our life is actually a great, great blessing. But we need to realize how important it is for us to find these relationships and to invest into them. We have a great friend of our church who I would often refer to. Her name is Alicia Britt-Sholey. She is one of the great minds of our day. And she was an atheist, um, vehemently spoke against what, why would we have a need of God? And then to read her salvation 
story is so inspiring. But she says this about one of the problems in our society. She said, we are supposed to use things that are dead and relate to things that are living. But too often we mix this up and we begin to relate to things that are dead, for example, Instagram, and use things that are living, for example, people. It's a little snapshot of why humanity has become so fractured. But in many ways, family, our, our modern lifestyles actually work against deep friendship. People are often over busy, overstretched, overscheduled, and loneliness is a real issue. You know, now we, we come across a pandemic of loneliness with words around self-isolation and social distancing. Loneliness is a real problem. In fact, in the United Kingdom, they've actually appointed a minister for loneliness in their government. The one thing COVID gave us all is that we had to stop. We had a forced time to stop. We had to look at what we really had in the realm of relational, emotional and spiritual strength. And for some, I know this was a real gift, but for some, I know that this was actually very, very difficult at, as the answer that they were left with was not the one they had hoped for. You know, we mostly don't get to choose what we walk through in life, but we do get to choose who we walk through in life with. So this gift of friendship for mothers, for daughters, for sons, for brothers, for sisters, for children, it is vital in the holistic strength of who we are as people made in the image of God. So my question, I've got, I've got two questions for us today. My first one is this, who is at your table? See, to build lasting, deep friendships, it's really important that we gather around the right things. When learning who your friends are or going after new friends with intentionality, it's actually important that there are many things that you value together. You know, as hard as it is, the older I get, I've had to intentionally pull away from certain ones who we just don't see eye to eye on too many things. I don't want to gather around gossip. I don't want that to be my focus. I don't want to gather around alcohol. I don't want that to be my focus. See, a true friend should help strengthen your own biblical values. Proverbs 27:17 says it this way, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. In 1 Corinthians 15, the word tells us and warns us that bad company corrupts good character. See, we want to choose friendships who are sharpening us, not corrupting us. And in saying this, I want you to hear me today. I don't need to be around people who are just like me. In fact, boring, boring, boring. That's not the point. But my deep friendships, the ones that I do deep life with. We need cohesion at a deep level. 
Proverbs 26 verse 20 says, Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, quarrelling stops. Charcoal keeps the embers glowing. Wood keeps the fire burning. Troublemakers keep arguments alive. You've got to ask yourself sometimes the hard questions. Do my values line up in this situation? And if they don't, the relationship will have a limit and that's okay. So there's this beautiful story about Mary. And in this situation, she's the mother of Jesus to be. Not quite there yet. Poor girl from a humble family residing in a inconsequential town in Galilee. And nothing about, you know, this family seems out of the ordinary. And then Mary receives this visit from the angel Gabriel and a visit that changes everything. And she not only finds out that she's going to have a miracle child, but she also learns that her cousin, Elizabeth, someone much older than her, is also going to have a miracle child. And, and Mary gets super intentional about her need for friendship. The Bible tells us in Luke 1, in verse 39, it says this, At that time, Mary got ready and she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. And why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to be? Come to me as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears. The baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Do you know in this situation, Mary walks about 130 kilometres to visit her cousin, Elizabeth. That's a long walk. <laughs> Mary may have been running from maybe judgment toward her in her own town. But in going to Elizabeth's home, she was going to a safe space with people who knew the voice of God, a solid table of friendship. Author Sophie Hudson, she says it perfectly like this. When the Holy Spirit in one woman recognizes and responds to the Holy Spirit in another woman, listen to this, safe places become sacred spaces. See, that's the beauty of the table of friendship. Safe spaces become sacred spaces. It's what I love about real, honest, genuine relationships is that we can find comfort and encouragement from someone in similar circumstances. Mary and Elizabeth both found themselves in situations they never could have imagined or planned for. But that is where women, well actually, let's say it, people, thrive best in the molding and meshing of similar seasons and stories. We are simply better walking through life together. After Elizabeth affirms Mary and encourages Mary, in Luke chapter 1 verse 46, let me read this. Mary, it, it says she exclaims this song. 
My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour, for He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for He who is mighty has done great things for me. Holy is His name. I've read her song so many times to try to grasp how profound these words are and how quickly they come out of Mary's mouth. The Mary, the mother of Jesus, her faith was really um, encouraged and we find her on fire. And here it's partly because of Elizabeth's encouragement to Mary. See, this is what we as the body of Christ can do for each other. We stir up each other's faith to believe. You know, when I'm walking through a challenge and you stir up my faith to believe, that is a beautiful, safe space that becomes a sacred space. When we affirm each other's calling, when we encourage one another's soul, when we bear one another's burdens, God designed the church in such a beautiful way. In Corinthians 12, he says it this way. This is his blueprint. Verse 25, it says, See that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Who is at your table? It's my question for you today. I encourage you to gather around a common calling. Be brave about what you will speak about and what you won't speak about. Form your gang before you really need them. You know, God speaks to us in many ways. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us in His presence through prayer as we listen. But you know He will also speak to you through His people. And my second point for you this morning, I only had two, remember? The first one, who is at your table? And the second one is, build a larger table. My friend Jenny McGee, we've done half a lifetime together. She sent me this picture years ago, and I hope you can see it this morning. She knew I would love it, as for years I've tried to articulate my heart for the church, who she is. And Jenny sends me this picture that says, build a longer table, not a higher fence. And it's like wildfire went off inside me in that deep sacred part of my heart. And from then on, I've like, here's the church, here she is. This picture and phrase, such a perfect snapshot in Isaiah 54, in my last scripture this morning, there, this is something that actually surprised me when I got to it, that it was something that I was going to share on Mother's Day. Because this is what it says. You ready? It says, Sing, O barren woman, who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labour. God is so kind, hey? And he says, because more are the children 
of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. You will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Extend your table, church. Extend. If we stay exclusive, if you stay exclusive in your neighbourhood, in your family, we, we miss the beauty and blessing of all the unexpected, beautiful relationship in our lives. I love this chapter. It's inclusion to the core. Even if you haven't personally birthed a child, this is a picture of restoration, of family, of gathering, of inclusion, of health and growth. It is time to think again about who else needs to be at your table. Build a bigger table. You know, for mums today, I want to tell you, you can't go through life and raise children without people that you are your running mates because we need each other. I need you to encourage me, encourage me in raising and even parenting in this season of my life and grandparenting and you need me to encourage you. That's what we're talking about. Extend the table, the table of friendship. We have a world who is in desperate need. Loneliness is at an all time high. A world who is meant to be connected and feel seen, yet we are more isolated than ever. Yet here we have a picture of God's church positioned and ready to continually make room at the table, the table of friendship. So this morning, I want to challenge you. I'm challenging myself. I want to challenge you to think of one person who you'd like to go deeper with when it comes to friendship. Invite them to your table. Be intentional. Or go for a game of tennis or lunch after church or get in a life group or start a life group or go for a manicure together or a movie, but be intentional. Isolation is never good. Proverbs 18 says, A man who isolates himself wages against all wise judgment. It doesn't have to always be a serious table. It should be a fun table, a safe table, not looking for what you can get from the table, but how you can contribute. The table of friendship. It's the one that invites us to take the time, take a breath, have the coffee, prepare a meal, get vulnerable and invest into each other and find the few friends that you can do life with. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, he wrote this commentary on John's Gospel. When he came to the words, and he, Andrew, brought him Simon Peter to Jesus, Temple wrote a short but momentous sentence. And this is it, the greatest service that one person can do to another. And he's talking about bringing someone, one of your friends, to relationship to Jesus. Bringing the story of the good news of Jesus Christ into our friendship circles. 
You know, even when we are disloyal to God or to others, God is not disloyal to us. Even if we are faithless, He remains faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13, it's exactly what it says. God's commitment and loyalty to each one of us is that nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This morning, I want to honour that sentence from the former Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple. And I want to ask you the question, do you know Jesus? I want to be a good friend to your soul this morning and lead you in a prayer that simply says, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I repent of my sin and I accept my need of you. Wherever you are, whatever it is you're walking through in life, just stop for a moment and pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, today, with all that I am and even all that I don't understand, I say yes to you. I am yours. I'm now a Christian. Teach me to live for you. Come fill me, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen. We love you. We bless you. If you made a response this morning or today to receiving Christ, just let us know by responding on the screen. One of our team would love to pray with you. And I bless you with every spiritual blessing. We love you to pieces. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.